Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Second and ten, Niners up three, nothing. Purdy going to throw a double pass. Back to Juwan Jennings. A throwback across the field to McCaffrey. He's got it. 20, 10, 5, touchdown! San Francisco! Mahomes, fighting for the end zone, wide open, cut, touchdown, Kansas City, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Purdy throws, and is caught by Jawan Jennings, breaks a tackle, touchdown, San Francisco. Butker now will try a field goal from 29 yards out to try to tie the game. At six seconds to go. Butker's kick is perfect. This game is tied at 19-19. McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown! Kansas City! McCall Hardman! McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side! Kansas City wins the game! 25-22! You're listening to the Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Joe, I'm so glad we have this overtime thing to talk about. I'm just so glad. Mm-hmm. Because that means we don't we can talk more about that today than the Chiefs actually winning the Super Bowl. And I would be totally fine with it. I would be too. I mean, it gets mixed in along the way, but yeah, I don't need I don't need to think about the Chiefs winning more than I need to already. I mean, this uh so the overtime thing is a it seems like the big debate this morning. And we'll get into that for sure, but obviously the Chiefs winning their third out of 5 Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. They've been in six straight AFC Championship games. How many in the row did the uh Patriots go to? Do you remember? I don't I, I don't 10 in a row. I think they did. AFC Championships games? No, think, no way. I think the Patriots went to 10 in a row. I'm going to look right now. Hold on, what do we got here? We uh, Let's go back to the last time they were in. All right. No, because they lost the, They lost Patriots to Baltimore a few times, one, didn't they? One, two, three, four, five. Hold on. I believe it's 10. Yep. Wow. Okay. They were in. Hold on. They went in. They started in 11 against the Ravens. Yeah. Tw- um, 12 against the Ravens, 13 against the Broncos, 14 against the Colts, 15 against the Broncos, 16 against the Steelers, 17 against the Jaguars, 18 against the Chiefs, 19 against the Titans. That's so it. eight. Nine in a row, it looks like. Nine. 11 nine. through nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. If you count 
Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Eight. Eight. eight, eight in a row. But still, that's still more than I thought it was going to be. I thought there was a year. I guess I just missed the timeline. There's there's a couple years in there where like the Ravens beat them, yeah. the Wild Card, the Jets beat them, but that was before that, that streak. I mean, I have no reason to believe right now that the Chiefs won't get to that even. They've been in six in a row. Two more. I mean, they don't look like they're slowing down anytime soon, so I would... Uh, yeah, I would bet them to do that to get back the next two years. We need the uh, we need teams to start knocking them off. We need the Chargers to challenge them in the division. By the way, um, Bills to knock them off. Hey, Bengals will be back though. So listen, it's possible there are enough contenders. But right, how how do you not think they'll be even better next year with all the 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 cap room and huh. the picks they have? I mean, and they're going to go get a wide receiver, right? They're going to do the, what the, the thing that we say the Bills need to do. They're going to, well, you know, we didn't really help Mahomes this year, and we had to really struggle and win on defense, so let's go get some receivers I, for him. I think they're going to. I think they're going to get two guys. I think they're right. I think they're going to. They're going to do something the Bills can't do. They're going to draft the guy like the Bills are, and then they're going to go pay Mike Evans or T Higgins or Michael Pittman. Like they've got, <laughs> they've got the room even after paying guys to go get the best receiver on the market if they want to do it. Amazing. Now, there's no guarantee, right? I, I've said this before that, like, yes, the Patriots won three out of four to get, you know, Super Bowls. And then they didn't win for quite a while. They did get there. Yeah. They lost to the Giants twice in that span. Yep. But they didn't get there for like 10 years. So it was like 10 year gap, I think, right? Between, I have to go look at the actual Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, they went, they went from 05. The 05 season through the the 13 season without winning. 14 was the year they won it over mm-hmm. Seattle. So that's right. That's about a decade that they went without winning it, which is Brady's prime. Funny. Well, I guess right. You know, to be fair, Brady's prime lasted 25 years. Uh, <laughs> but like the 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 normal prime for a quarterback would be what like age 27 through 34, 35, sure. and yeah. In those years, Brady didn't win a single championship. He won it when he was young, and then he won it when he was old. It's amazing, really, what they're doing. And listen, I know we're we're here in Buffalo. We do radio, Buffalo radio. We're all kind of sick of the Patriots. I know. I'm sorry, the sick of the Patriots. Yeah, sick of the Chiefs. I know you are sick of Mahomes. I think most people listening were probably rooting for the 49ers. I wanted to see the 49ers win for all those same reasons. I'm here to tell you, though. Holy cow, give that team, give that organization a ton of respect. I mean, and I said this when the Bills lost to the Chiefs, but it goes for everybody. It's not just a Bills point. It's not, why. well, you put it on, Allen can't beat Mahomes. McDermott can't beat Reed. It's everybody. Lamar hasn't beaten Mahomes, and John Harbaugh can't beat Andy Reed. Now, I will say, Bur- Burrow did beat Mahomes. They lost in the Super Bowl. They mm-hmm. did do that, so they have that feather in their cap. But you said they win the division every year. It's the conference. It's not just. And we look at it through a Bill's prism. I totally get that. I would I would rather, what bothered me about like when the Bills lost, it became about this guy can't beat this person. To me, it's more about just they're so good, nobody can really beat them. Yeah, but you're going to have to figure out a way, and the Bills have come closer than almost anybody other than the Bengals who actually did it in the playoffs. Yeah. But really, to me, it's about them. It's not about who can't do it. There's nothing wrong with those other teams. That's why I guess that's why I look at it, Joe. The, the nuts and bolts. There's nothing wrong with those other teams. They just happen to be playing in this same time period as this team with that coach and that quarterback. Yeah.
What frustrates me, though, on top of that, because the, the point is right. Like, the Ravens can't do it. The Chargers can't do it. The Bengals did it once. Um, the thing, though, for me is the Bills more than those other teams are supposed to do it because yeah. their quarterback is more like Mahomes than all the other quarterbacks. And their quarterback more than Lamar, for sure. Herbert's barely played in it. I guess Burrow's the other one. But their quarterback gets to the playoffs and usually plays his best. And look at the difference in resume. Like that that's where my frustration I think the Bills should be and Bills fans should be more frustrated than a Ravens fan than mm-hmm. maybe a Chargers fan. It's because they they have Allen. I mean, you know, compare Allen and Jackson and Herbert and all these guys all you want. Allen's supposed to be the closest thing to Mahomes there is. And look at the gap. So, no, like, I'm not saying your point is wrong. Everybody has this. I think the Chargers are as much to blame for this as anybody because they can't, they can't challenge them in the division any year. Well, well okay, but, that's right. But, but even if they did, the Chiefs, what's frustrating, the Chiefs came out of the three slot this year. Yeah. E- even, even if the Chargers were to challenge it for the division, I don't know. They're going to make the playoffs and I'm not sure they're not, don't get to the playoffs and win anyway. Right. They would have only had to win one more road game than they already did. Mm-hmm. Which is right. Right. Cause I, I think, listen, this was a year they were vulnerable. Their offense yeah. was not as good. They were struggling at the end of the year. They lost to Aiden O'Connell. And that's a year where you'd like to have the team in their division with a franchise quarterback to be able to win the division in a year like that. And they were nowhere to be found. I mean, their their season was over a month before that happened to Kansas City. Um, but you're right. Like, I guess, you know, even if that happens... What they got to win one more road playoff game, maybe at the Chargers or at the Dolphins or something. Not the Dolphins, um, like the Texans. Like we don't think they would have just done that anyway. That's they're amazing. I mean, you got to give it to them. You got to give it to Mahomes. You got to give it to Reed, especially. Yeah. I mean, it's no. They're doing it also in what's su- supposedly the tougher conference, right? There's at least more quarterback yeah, talent that they're doing it in. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, you're supposed to have an easier path at least in the NFC. And I think that's kind of proven. Look at all the different teams. No, it's not. I guess that wouldn't prove it necessarily. But you're right. I mean, just take a look at it. The NFC it clearly like doesn't have as many of these quarterbacks. Maybe yeah. that'll change this year. You have two teams at the top of the draft board, by the way, which we'll get into uh, this program because there was some there was some quarterback news uh, over the weekend just about what teams might be doing and how they're positioning themselves, what they want to do uh, that I want to get to as we as we get along here. In the meantime, Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Hope you're enjoying your Monday after the Super Bowl, and hope you're enjoying your Monday overall. At least it's over now. It's over. I don't have to watch it. I I knew it. I said I said to my wife yesterday, I just don't want to watch this game tonight, but I I need to. I will. I have to. Kind of. I I was not looking forward to watching it because I just didn't want to see what we ultimately wound up seeing. And I and once the game kicked off, I found myself rooting much more hardcore for the Niners, by the way, than I thought I would. Because mm-hmm. I didn't really care if the Niners won, but then I'm like, no, I need this team to win. And they started off really well. They drove down the field. And how big was that first drive, not getting points? I mean, this game is 19-19 at the end. They didn't get points on the first drive after just going down the field easily, it seemed like, on them. But they made too many mistakes, Joe, and you can't make those kinds of mistakes against the Kansas City Chiefs. Or you're going to wind up, you know, paying for it. But I didn't want to watch it. I wound up watching it, obviously, and yeah. you know that's what we do. It's the Super Bowl, and I need to talk about it. But I was not looking forward to it at all yesterday. They they made mistakes, and they also they got they made mistakes and got unlucky. On top of that, they there were five fumbles in this game. Four of yeah. them went the Chiefs' way, and you had an extra point that was blocked. That mm-hmm. there's two kicks in this game that were the same kick. 
Jake Moody kicked a low extra point and it hit a chief hand because that's what you do. Interior D line on a, on a, on a kick. They put their hands up. They're trying to block it. The Moody kick hits a hand on the 55 yarder or 57 yarder by, by Butker. He slips and on the follow through. The kick is way lower than what he was probably hoping for. It makes it through, but they showed a replay from behind. The Moody one got blocked. Butker's kick is below the level of the hands of the Niners defenders, but it goes in between two <laughs> defenders with their arms up. Yep. That I mean, that's just luck, right? And the four out of five fumbles is luck, especially the kick that just the punt that just happens to land on a guy's leg, and then Ray-Ray McLeod has to, at the last second, try to pick it up and wasn't able to. That, that by the way... By the way, on that play, it looked like Ray-Ray made a really bad mistake, but he did the right thing. Oh, yeah, he, he just fumbled. Yeah. Which, the fumbling was bad, but he did the right thing. He had to pick it up after you saw the replay and right. seen why. Yeah, no, he, he realized he, he had to because it was a live ball. But yep. that drive right there, this is where... I, it's it's there's points to be made here about defense and the Chiefs' defense so impressive. It's really a, the biggest reason I think why they won is that fumbled punt that the Chiefs then scored on the next play mm-hmm. on a 20 drive stretch from the second quarter of the AFC Championship game through regulation of the Super Bowl. That was on 20 drives. That was the Chiefs' only touchdown drive. One play for 16 yards. Like, the offense disappeared for six quarters, but they got to the Super Bowl and then were still alive at the end because their defense had played amazing against both the Niners and the Ravens. We are going to open the phone lines for you today. We do not have anybody scheduled to join us, so it's just you. We'll do like a normal Monday, you know, Buffalo Football Monday reaction show, essentially, but this will be about the reaction to the Chiefs winning, the reaction to the Super Bowl, the reaction to the overtime, the reaction to the commercials, whatever you want to react to, whatever you want to talk about, it's on the table today here on WGR. 803-0550 is the number to call. We'll get into the overtime debate, which is very interesting. I love it. I love talking about it. And, um, you know, we, we, we've had a lot of points on that. But let's go to Steve in Virginia first, who um, wants to chime in. Hi, Steve. You're on WGR. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you. Hey, I just wanted to uh, talk about, it was like, for me, just watching this game, it was just frustrating thinking that was like, you know, we should have been there. You know, like, we get so close. Because um, I think back, like, you know, if the Bills could have got DeAndre Hopkins instead of using that money on Leonard Floyd and Puna Ford. Now, don't get me wrong. I know Leonard Floyd, he was great during the regular season, put a lot of great sacks. But when it came to playing against Mahomes, the D-line it didn't get any sacks at all, if I'm not mistaken. And one thing about you know, in the playoffs, you know, teams are great at taking away your number one wide receiver. Because, I mean, I love Stephon Diggs. I think he's the best wide receiver we've had in team history. But the last three playoff losses, um, in 2022, the 13-2nd game, he had three receptions for seven yards against the Bengals, four receptions for 35 yards. And then uh, this year against the Chiefs, he had three receptions for 21 yards. So I just think, like, if we had, like, a legit number two wide receiver, you know – since teams are taking away, hey, your best option, Diggs, a number two definitely would have helped out. So um, my you know, question is, since the draft is coming up and this year is supposed to be a better you know, draft class, do you think the Bills have been waiting uh, for this to address 
the wide receiver position or is just like since McDermott is a defensive head coach, he's constantly tinkering and tooling with it because I don't want to go another season of them getting lower tier uh, free agents that are you know, wide receivers and waiting to the lower rounds to address you know, the wide receiver position. Cause if it continues to cycle, we're never going to get over that hump. We're basically going to be the San Diego chargers of the two thousands during, you know, the Philip Rivers era. And I don't want to see that, especially with Allen. Just want to get your thoughts on all that. Well, let me start with this. I don't think that not picking a wide receiver early has anything to do with who the head coach is. Um, but I do think there's a point in there, Steve, where you're right. And we've all said it. They need wide receivers more early in the draft. That hasn't happened. They did draft a pass catcher last year. Let's remember the first round. That was Dalton Kincaid. But, yeah, I think the theme of this offseason from me, from Joe, from Jeremy, from everybody has been you got to go out and get a wide receiver earlier. you got to get guys on rookie contracts who can hit right away, and you can have them in your organization for four years. I don't know why necessarily other than I would say, Joe, there might be a philosophy of we have Josh Allen. Like he can cover up for some of these things, and we can kind of put our resources elsewhere, which gets me to his first point. I'll ask you, Joe, do you think that, DeAndre Hopkins over Leonard Floyd would have made a difference on this team? Um, I For the season, it's hard to say yes to that. Floyd was so good. I mean, Floyd was mm-hmm. needed, right? Vaughn was not able to produce for them. And they needed to replace that production. And Floyd did it. For the totality of the season, he did it. So, mm-hmm. in that way, I would say no. But... If you ask me about the Chief game specifically, I mean, I have hindsight, right? So it's, you know, it's it's unfair. I have the information of knowing what the game was to answer that question. But, all right, let's play the game. Floyd and the D-line, sure, they didn't get after Mahomes again. I mean, most teams don't. It was kind of crazy, I thought, that the Niners sacked him three wow. times in the first half yesterday because... Yeah, they were really getting after him. Right, nobody does that to him in playoff games, especially... So, all right, the Bills D-line didn't show up again against them. Okay, yeah. I, I, I'm i going to try anything because I already know that they lost the game. But what weren't they able to do in that game? They weren't able to connect on big plays. They had a couple of balls down the field that got dropped, one by Diggs, one by Sherfield, or even if they're not drops, ones you want ca- caught. I think Hopkins would have helped them in that game. I think if Diggs is getting taken away and you can't find out what's going on with him, like why can't we free him up? Why can't we get him open? All this bracket coverage, double teams. But if I got DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of the field as an option, I think it's probably going to go better. But again, that's only for one game. I think the season, I, I wanted Hopkins, but I, I think, you know, I'm not today in the mood to, to blame them for signing Leonard Floyd. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Uh thanks for the call, Steve. Let's get to Michael in Atlanta. Hi, Mike. Hey guys, always good talking to you. So uh I just wanted to point out that uh and I don't want to take anything away from the Chiefs, but as Joe touched on, yeah, there there's some there's some luck. Uh and I felt the same way watching. Boy, the Bills should have been there. And what it took for them to get there, it took a missed makeable field goal by Bass. It, it the uh, catches that you just talked about. I mean, if, even if one of those catches is good, that's probably at least a field goal. Uh, and and uh, you look yesterday uh, what happened, you know, with the uh, with that botched punt return. So an unforced error. And I don't know what happened in the Baltimore game, but I think there was some kind of freaky thing or a turnover in that game also. 
But, yeah, you know, they did capitalize on it. But, again, if that doesn't happen on that punt return, is it likely that uh, the the 49ers uh, prevail and win that Super Bowl? So, I mean, everything had to fall into place. And, and again, even with the defensive line with Buffalo not playing as well as we would have liked, again, the Bills were were, uh, one catch away, one of those catches, you know, stick, and uh, the, the field goals are made, then the, the Bills go on to the next level. So, yeah, certain things have to happen. And also, it's, it's interesting, it was, uh, there was a, uh, um, an article uh, that I was looking at about uh, different uh, uh, coaches and whatnot and, and players talking about what the Bills have to do to get to the next level. And, and Romo said, yeah, it's, you know, uh, catch the ball and make the field goal. <laughs> so, and that's basically, you yeah. know, in other words, I don't think we need dramatic, uh, you know, uh, things to happen in Buffalo. But, yeah, we need a true number one receiver and a number two. Yeah, good, Mike. I mean, yeah, you know, no, I, I right, it's as simple as that, right? Just catch the ball and make a field goal. I, I, I have a tough time with this one sometimes, Joe and Mike, which is, there, you're not wrong, Joe. You pointed out like they had a lot of things go their way, and Mike points out, and then the week before, and the week before. I also want to, Joe. Did you ever watch the movie Rounders? Yes, love the movie Rounders. Okay, what's the line in there from Matt Damon when his girlfriend says it's all a bunch of luck, and he goes, "If it's luck, why does the same guy go to the World Series of Poker every year?" <laughs> yep. Okay, so I, I want to have space for. They're, they had some things go their way. Yep. I also want to remind everybody, they've gone to six straight AFC Championship games, five, three Super Bowls, they've won three Super Bowls in five years, and they've gone to four of them. And I, I think that even though you may have some breaks, those aren't necessarily coincidences when it's the same team because obviously they're doing a lot of things right to put themselves in position where a break or two that goes their way, mm-hmm. they make sure they capitalize on, right? So rounders comes to my mind. Yeah, it's it can't be all luck when the same team it's happening to all the time. Well, also, you know, credit to Mahomes because I pointed out they went 20 drives with one touch in between AFC Championship and Super Bowl with one yeah. touchdown that came on a one-play drive. But, okay, now it's you've, – you've had that stretch. You've gone six quarters without putting a, re, a great drive together. Six quarters. Now it's overtime. Touchdown wins the game. There he is. There he is. Moves the ball down the field with ease, and they win it on a touchdown. Like, they they hadn't done it in 20 drives. And it gets to overtime, and it's time to do it. And what does he do? He does it. That is getting connected with our fans. It's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. I want to talk about this overtime situation. I love this debate. We'll get into it. We'll see if you guys, uh, you and Jeremy, kind of worked through any of it this morning for your four hours and what fans have to say. 803-0550, good Monday morning to you. It's the offseason. Everybody's 0-0. You don't have to think about the Chiefs winning. Just think about everybody being 0-0 and going forward here on WGR. So he came came over and gave me a hug. So so sorry about that. But he, you know what? He just wants to be on the field and he wants to play. And so uh, there's nobody I get uh, better than I get him. He, he's a competitive kid, and, um, he, you know, he loves to play, and he makes me feel young. Okay, that's Andy Reid talking about the Travis Kelsey scream and push. Joe, mm-hmm. he pushed him. I didn't even realize that until I 
kind of watched the whole video. Like I saw the screenshots. We were we were watching a lot of the Nickelodeon broadcast, which we'll get to later, but I didn't see that part of it. Maybe I just missed it. I thought that they probably showed it in some capacity, but they might not have been talking about it. And then I saw it later. I saw it on social media. Then I saw the push. I mean, very egregious. And yeah. I am – Jeremy tweeted out yesterday. So I give Jeremy credit for this, but he's right. He tweeted out how he was stunned that no one talked more about it. Like, how is this not a thing? There, We know, Joe, if that happens in certain places with certain people, mm-hmm. it is absolutely a thing for the next three hours. Yep. No, 100%. I mean, imagine if Diggs did it. Of course it would. That's right. And of course. Um, and everybody tweeted that last night. And of course, you get the snark replies from people. There were so many people seating, imagine if Stefan Diggs did this. And the snarky replies were, imagine if he was in a Super Bowl. It's not the point. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. Come on. What are we doing? It really is just if you win, you get away with that stuff, right? Like Brady, yeah. Brady yeah. did that kind of stuff all the time, but he had Super Bowls, so people let him get away with it. Um, or they they labeled it as like, oh, look at this guy, look how fiery he is, look how you know it's been, that's him being a leader. Um, Kelsey, by the way, but has... for the record, Joe, have you ever seen Stephon Diggs yell at a coach like that? Not like that. The only thing we've ever seen from Diggs on the sidelines is his demonst- demonstrative way uh, waving the arms towards Josh Allen. Yeah. No right. And Kelsey, we've seen do stuff like that before. Didn't he, like, mm-hmm. throw his helmet, like, earlier? Was oh, it yeah. in the regular season and he got into it with Reed a little bit? Um, yes. So yes. him and Reed have gotten into it a little bit. But, you know, again, like, if they hadn't won, that would be treated a lot different. And there may be other reasons, too. But it that that's the thing. If he does that to a ref, he's out of the game. But he did to his head coach. Like, it's just... It's kind of crazy that mm-hmm. they mentioned it on the halftime show, I guess, but like barely talked about it. And I, I don't know. Like Bill Cower wasn't like, "Hey, what? That guy's your head coach. What are you doing there?" That's super disrespectful. Not even that. You couldn't get anything from the halftime crew on that. Let's go to Danny in Toronto. Who's up on the Extra Point Show? Hi, Danny. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good, thank I you. Question. I got a question for you guys. I want to hear your thoughts. Okay. The year that Mahomes. Uh, the the, uh, the Chiefs pick for Mahomes was actually a, a a Bills pick from the year before. Is that correct? The Bills traded. No, no, no. The Bill the twenty seventeen tenth overall was originally the Bills pick, and they traded down. The Chiefs were the team that moved into it. Okay, so so the Chiefs ended up with Mahomes. Yes, correct. And then a the year later, the Bills took Josh Allen. Josh Allen. If the tables were reversed and Mahomes ended up with the Bills. And Allen ended up with the Chiefs. How do you think their their careers would have evolved? And the, the, where, where I'm going here is that is that I, uh, this week I've heard a talent on Sirius Radio talking about how he thinks, and this is a guy uh, that that's been following football forever. He thinks that Mahomes is the best quarterback ever. And when he said that, I got to tell you, like I really it, it bothered me all week because I was thinking to myself, if Allen had the benefit of the Chiefs organization, namely Andy Reid, how would he have done on that particular team? And how would Mahomes have done here? Because i got to tell you, I'm really interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this because the coaching staff for me here in Buffalo, I was done when when, uh, they screwed up that game in the playoffs against the Chiefs where they 
lost it in the last, what was it, seven, 13 seconds, something to that effect. Right. So I'm interested in hearing you guys' thoughts. Thank you very much. Well, there's two different, there's two different parts here, Danny, of the coaching staff and screwing games up, which you're right. Like, obviously they screwed that up and, you know, you could look at other games along the way, but I wouldn't confuse that with the development of Josh Allen. Do you think they've messed up the development of Josh Allen? I think they've done an amazing job of developing Josh Allen. No doubt. But I mean, they had a couple of shots that I get into, get into the Super Bowl and, and, uh, it's the it's the the head coaching uh, yeah. of of the the uh, the bills that have held them down, right? And I, I I'm looking for a change, so, but but really, I mean, it's, it's neither here nor there. What I think, I mean, well, I'm, I'm listening to you. Well, what, what do you what do you, let me ask you? What do you think about how would they have played out? Because again, don't confuse you. I, I, I want to make sure we're in the right thing here. We're not talking about right game thing. day decisions. Hold on, wait, hold on. We're not talking about. You have two different points you're making. You're making one about game day decisions, and you would want to make a change. But your original point is about Mahomes and Allen. That's development of the quarterback and where they would be. Like, do you think? Do you think their two careers would be? How How do you think it would go? I I think that Mahomes would have came to Buffalo and he would have not won any Super Bowls okay. <laughs> because of the coaching staff A and B. I think if Allen would have went to the Chiefs, that Chris Russo on Mad Dog would have said that this kid's the greatest quarterback ever. Mm-hmm. I'll play the he game. He's on track to be maybe the greatest ever, and I don't I don't totally disagree with that. He's not yet. I mean, Tom Brady to me is, but either way, Joe, what do you think about all that? I I think it's a it's an Andy Reid question for me a little bit. The way I'd want to answer it is giving as much credit to Reid as possible without taking credit away from Mahomes. I think Reid might be the greatest coach I've ever seen. I live through Belichick. I think Reed might be the greatest coach I've ever seen. I didn't get to see Joe Gibbs, really, except at the end when he forgot uh, that you couldn't spend two timeouts in a row and lost a game to the Bills. Uh, so I didn't get a good representation of how good he was. I think if Allen was a Chief, he'd probably have a Super Bowl or two. I don't know that he'd have three, I think, but I also might guess that Mahomes would have one with the Bills. Um, I'm more sure that Allen would have one with the Chiefs, but that's a, that's a Reed point for me. I think we... We saw Andy Reid for 20 years consistently be a playoff team, make conference championship games, make the Super Bowl with good to great quarterbacks. We never saw him with even an Allen. I mean, Mahomes, I think Mahomes is better than than Allen. I don't think the gap is massive by any means. I think it's smaller between those two than any other two um, or anybody else compared to Mahomes. So... I think if if Josh Allen was the Chiefs quarterback, I think he'd be the greatest quarterback that Andy Reid ever had, and I think that's good enough to win Super Bowls. Again, I might not say three, but and yeah. So I think, Danny, what you're saying is if you put Mahomes on the Bills, you think McDermott would hold him back from winning Super Bowls? Without a doubt. And, and the reason I'm, I'm moving in this direction is because mm-hmm. uh, I'm concerned about the, the, the window that Josh Allen has mm-hmm. uh, to, to be a Bill. And to win a Super Bowl, I, mean, uh, I got to tell you, like McDermott, I don't. You guys are in. They, they are in a production. They got to produce industry. And uh, when is it that that? And by the way, I'm not a McDermott hater. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I mean he's a quarterback. Sorry, he's a coach, and he knows way more about football than I could ever know. Um, he's definitely done some great things on the Bills. But when are they going to finally realize? Or, or, or actually, I haven't been listening to the show for a good while because I've been away. What's the sentiment in Buffalo about the coaching staff? Well, a lot that. of people feel the same way you do, Danny. A lot of people do. We've we've been taking these calls for the last several months that a lot of people are 
thinking that a change would be better, that he's taken them as far as they can go, um, that they've hit their ceiling with him. You're not alone. You're definitely not alone in that. Um, you know, so yeah, I think if you if you uh, had listened, you know, had been listening at all for the last few months, you'd get that. And of course, you know, you, here we are, and we watched the Chiefs win another one, and the Bills can't beat them again, um, and they lose to them again. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not a sentiment that you're unique on, Danny. That's for sure. Guys, thanks so much for the for the for the wire today. And uh, yeah, you got it, buddy. Yeah, thanks for listening again. Uh, yeah, you got it. Listen. I don't know, Joe. I don't know if I would agree that like would 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 Sean McDermott hold Patrick Mahomes back from winning Super Bowls if he was the Bills quarterback? I mean, I don't know. I don't think Mahomes would have three, but I I don't th- <laughs> I think he could still win it. Sure. Are there if we want to do specific games? I don't know. How about this year's game? What happens mm-hmm. if the quarterbacks are flipped? Because the teams have enough similarities, offensive weapons and defense and like, I don't know, does Mahomes take the underneath the Diggs and they win the game? Like, Jeremy said that earlier, that, that that's the difference between Allen and Diggs, is Allen wants the touchdown there and Mahomes. Allen Mahomes. Yeah, Allen to Mahomes, excuse me. And Mahomes more likely to take the Diggs play because of, you know, game situation stuff or, I don't know. I We could go through game by game. I, I think Mahomes would have a Super Bowl with Sean McDermott. I don't think he'd have three, though. I don't. I don't think the difference he, is that massive. I don't think McDermott holds you back yeah. that much. But I do think Andy Reid is special, like all time special, to where he's gonna get the most out of any quarterback he's got. And when the guy he's got is that talented, I think it, that's what yep. this is. What it's gonna look like. Yeah, I, I agree. This goes back to my original point to start the show, Joe. I think exactly what you said is the point I made to start the show, which is I don't think it's about the people who haven't done it yet. It's about the guy who's doing it. Right, like I mean, right? look we, at, we focus so much on that guy can't beat him. He can't get. It. He's holding yeah. him back. Allen can't win. Lamar can't win. I just think that you're dealing with a special situation and circumstance that you're going against here. Yeah, like there's an there's another one at the end of the game, the overtime play to win the football game, and look at that play design. They actually ran the same play in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, well, similar. It was the same type of motion. I think the route was different. Corn dog, right? Yeah, corn dog. So Hardman runs inside, stops. And Reed knows exactly what's happening here. He's going to confuse the secondary. They're going to get mixed up. They're going to allow. They're going to leave the outside open, and they've got a fast enough receiver running that motion. Hardman stops at the snap, runs back to the outside. I mean, Mahomes was great leading up to that, but that's that touchdown to win the game. Mahomes doesn't do anything. I mean, there are fifty quarterbacks in the league that can make that pass. That is that is a play design. That is a value of that guy right there. I mean, if we're not going to call him the greatest coach of all time yet, we might be finally we might be able to call him the greatest offensive play caller of all time. That right there, that touchdown to win the game, that's just Andy Reid being all-time great. I want to make one more comment about Danny's call before I forget. Danny, great call by the way. Thank you. I I have I have this belief and I might be completely wrong, but I have this belief that there were only and there are only certain organizations that really could have developed Josh Allen to become who he's become. But I absolutely think, of course, that Andy Reid would have been one of them. Yep. I think what the Bills have done with Josh Allen, I don't think most teams or organizations in this league would have done. This is a this is a Brandon Bean front office scouting staff. Yes, Sean McDermott coaching staff. Brian Dable point. This is a a point about the organization and the nurturing of him and bringing him along. And I've always said, and I believe this, Joe. I think if Josh Allen was drafted by the Jets, I don't think he'd be nearly what he is right now. He'd be, he'd be good. Uh, he wouldn't be what he is now. I think there's a lot of teams that that would fall into that category for. 
but there were certain teams. So to answer your question, Danny, about I don't know. I don't know how I would say. I don't know what Mahomes do. I probably agree with you, Joe. Might have a Super Bowl by now, but I'm pretty confident that if Josh Allen was on the Chiefs, he'd be doing the same things Patrick Mahomes is doing because I think that that's the same kind of organization. And Andy Reid, being the special coach that he is, would have done that. But I, I don't think everybody would have with Josh. I, I think only certain organizations would be able to because he was so, so raw, so raw coming out with all this talent. And for the Bills organization to get him to where he is, I think speaks a lot to them. But I don't think everybody would have done that. But I certainly think Kansas City would have been able to do that with Andy Reid. Tim, Tim's on. Tim, stick around. As soon as we come back, I'm going to take you first because you want to talk about the overtime rules. We're going to talk about the overtime rules. I want to get everybody's thoughts on that. 803-0550 here on the Extra Point Show. Good show today. Hanging out with you at 803-0550 on WGR. All right, as promised, Tim in Buffalo is next. We're going to get into the overtime stuff. Tim wants to chime in on that. Go ahead, Tim. Thanks for holding. Oh, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, good morning. Hey, two quick questions. One about the overtime, but one about something else that I noticed in the game last night. Who were the black-shirted guys who came out like early on when there were a couple of skirmishes and he tried to break them up? I, I don't think I've ever seen that before in a game. And my overtime question is, I question San Francisco's decision to receive the kickoff to start the overtime. I, I, yeah, hindsight is easy. But I think I would have rather deferred and, you know, kicked off to Kansas City first. Uh, what's your opinion on that? It's a great debate. Let me tackle the first one. Joe, do you remember the black shirts? Are those the – those are there's the basically there's officials on the sidelines yeah. that aren't on the on-field officials, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, the off-field officials. I recognize one of them because he's a head ref for other games. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, because they have different crews. Yeah, so they can't – end of Mixed the half. Crews, there was, like, say. end of the half, and I think – they were probably trying to make sure, like, hey guys, the clock's running down. Let's not, don't make us call a 15 yard penalty when we're about to go to the half and maybe let the Niners into field goal range or something. Um, so I saw them there. Um, and then overtime. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to get into this. I want to talk about it because it's been a really fun, good debate. I don't think there's a right answer here. And apparently, according to Seth Walder, in ESPN Analytics and other analytical sites, mm-hmm. there's no real good answer. And yes, we also don't have a body of work yet on something like this. Yeah. But all the simulations even don't give you one correct answer. So, Tim, I have said this morning, and I still say this, but I'm totally open to either idea. I want to get that clear. I don't, I'm not, oh, my God, you got to do this one way or the other. I think they made the right call. I would want the ball first for the simple fact for me is if – both teams have the same result, which is I don't score, you don't score, or I get a field goal, you get a field goal, or I get a touchdown, an extra point, you get a touchdown, an extra point. It's now sudden death, and I'm getting the ball. So I get a chance to win the game with any score before you do. That's why I would do that. What do you think, Joe? So I almost think – I think there it's, I think there are good cases either way. I would want – I would think that it's so close, you can do either – if it were me personally, I would make my decision based on who the other head coach is. I said this earlier, though. Like, if it was mm. Mike Tomlin <laughs> on the other side of the like field, this. I think he's conservative enough where he might pump the ball to me. He might kick a field goal when he mm-hmm. shouldn't. He might. I think if he scores a touchdown when he gets the ball first, he's probably kicking the extra point. He's going to allow me to go for two to win the game. Rather than if it was Dan Campbell, what would worry me is Dan Campbell's going to go get eight. 
He's going to make it so that I can't win the game in my second position. At least that's what he's going to try to do. He's going to set out on that first possession to not let me win the game. He's going to get the ball back at worst on a third possession with a field goal to win it. So I might play the game of, okay, who's the other head coach? I think, honestly, the most egregious thing that happened isn't the decision. It's the story that um, Lindsey Jones wrote at the Ringer this morning with talking to players and sources on both sides that the Chiefs, Justin Reed and Chris Jones, said that Reed and the Chiefs coaching staff have been talking about this since training camp and that for the last (laughs) two weeks they've rehearsed it. So Jones said... They knew they were going to get the, if they won the toss, they were going to kick the ball off and that they would go for two to win the game. They knew what they were going to do. Meanwhile, I've got Niners players, Eric Armstead, Kyle Juszczyk, who are making it pretty clear we, we didn't even know the overtime rules. Like, we, it, it seems to me. Wow. It sounds, I didn't see all this. It sounds like. Yeah, like Juszczyk said, I I don't was he the one who went out for the coin toss? I hope not, because he said after the game he assumed I think it was Fred Warner, wasn't it? Fred Warner, you're right. Juszczyk said he assumed the 49ers asked to receive when they won the coin toss because that's what you do in the regular season when a touchdown wins the game. I guess that's not the case. I didn't know the strategy. Eric Armstead's the one who said he didn't even know that the rules had changed. So I got the Chiefs players that have rehearsed it, that have been knowing what to do since training camp, and I've got. The Niners players who, in the moment, didn't know what was going on. And that is where I would want to maybe pinpoint any criticism for Shanahan is it kind of sounds like you winged it a little bit. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Joe, I, I had not heard this until you just said it. I had no idea. That that was the case. Yeah. I knew about the Chiefs part that they had been rehearsed. I did not know anything about what you just said about the Niners. And I'm telling you right now, I would be so infuriated knowing that if I'm a Niners fan. Not because I think they made the wrong call. I think they made the right call anyway. Yeah. But that is a that is a window into coaching, what you just said. Mm-hmm. That is a that is a big picture issue to me. If I'm John Lynch, the GM. Yeah. And I'm hearing this today. I'm pissed and yeah. thinking, 
How is my head coach, who's this brainiac offensive mind, not even discussing these rules with my players throughout the year at all, or in the playoffs? Right. Because even if... And by the way, let's remember, it's not just a Super Bowl rule, it's a playoff rule. They played other playoff games. Exactly. Right, because even if, like I said, it sounds like Shanahan was winging it. Even if Shanahan thought about the strategy with the coaching staff beforehand and determined what they were going to do... You still got I mean, Kyle Juszczyk, Eric Armstead, these are important veteran captains on your team. And they don't, like, they got to know what's going on, right? They got to, everyone wants to be clear, I think, on what's going on. So, yeah, I agree. Like, I think I think that is reasonable criticism levied against Shanahan. I don't mind that he went for it, or that he, excuse me, he took the ball first and decided that that was the strategy they were going to employ. But I don't know. It 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 sounds to me like Reed and the Chiefs were way way more buttoned up on what they were going to do, more confident in their strategy because the Niners, you know, at least the players seemed like they just didn't know what was going on. Wow. 8030550. But by the way, I remember this reminds me of years ago, I think Donovan McNabb. Nick, well, you know what? He might have played for the Reed when yes. he said this. Randy Reed, I think he did. I think so, yeah. He said he Remember when Donovan McNabb said he had no idea about the overtime rules that a game could end in a tie? Yes. Yeah. Hey, maybe Andy Reid. Uh, you know what, Joe? Maybe if he was he if he was playing for Reid at the time, maybe that's a reason why Reid made darn sure. I was going to say, like that. maybe that came up for him, and like I got to make sure all my guys know. Yeah, 2008. Reid was the coach. I, I was going to say the same thing. I wonder if Reid uh, experienced that and made sure to never let that happen again. That's exactly right. We'll take a timeout. Good stuff. All right, what do you think about the overtime rules? We'll kind of run through some of the uh, scenarios on that. want to talk about the halftime show, the Super Bowl commercials, and uh, where you go from here with the Chiefs now again cementing themselves. We can call it a dynasty, unfortunately, but that's what it is. 803-0550 here on the Extra Point Show. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dressed up in the Moonlighter costumes. Well, those are the seven on-field officials that oversee the rules of the game. That referee there, he's the boss. Kind of like Mr. Krabs at the Krusty Krab. Except the referee wears a white hat and isn't talking about money all the time. <laughs> uh, what was the name again? I keep forgetting the name there, Josh. The Sandy Cheeks. Sandy Cheeks. Cheeks. <laughs> Sandy Cheeks. I'm not a big SpongeBob watcher, but I did watch... About a half of the Nickelodeon broadcast last night, a little less than that. I thought it was really good, and they had a lot of those characters, and I forget their names because I'm not totally like into it. But you know, SpongeBob and Patrick, right? Is it Patrick? Yes, and he, Patrick Starr. Like, there would be yep. he, he he speaks in a certain way that it's very recognizable, right? Yep. And sometimes he'd come on, and you'd know it was him. The graphics were amazing. Like the way they put the graphics into the game, it just is super cool. And how they're, they're slime. When someone scores a touchdown, they're sliming them on the graphics. Yep. 
You get in the red zone, it's you know red, and it's there's cannons and fire. There's there's water everywhere and bubbles. I mean, literally, this is true. At one point, my wife said to me, she goes, "Oh my god!" She goes, "I've been watching for the last five minutes, thinking there was something." Like, wrong with the screen. I saw, like, bubbles. Now I realize it's because of the Nickelodeon. Like, she didn't know. She didn't know the difference. It was pretty cool. <laughs> did uh, did you get any viral moments? Remember when uh, Patrick Starr trolled Russell Wilson when he threw an interception last year? Did we get any of that? Or did they uh, they lay off the players a little bit? I don't think we got that. Mm-hmm. What I liked, okay. though, was there was always a... Like, there was a graphic that they would show... When something would happen and they put words at the bottom that kind of were funny. And I, I should have okay. remembered some of them. I just remember one was there was a personal foul penalty. And at the bottom it said, yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> For Travis the Kelsey, they had uh, Taylor's boyfriend. And then in his yes! stats box, it said really good at football. Really good at football. <laughs> yes. Yes. They, they, when they did bios, they like gave, um, I think they gave Harrison Butker glasses. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, cause he, for whatever reason, and like, no, no Eagles, like, yep, as a member of the, he said, as what he said was a member of the Four Eyed Club. You know, I really appreciate you guys doing that, put it on there, and like, they drew things, and they put, oh yeah, favorite ice cream flavor, not the normal stuff you get, right? Right. No, you gotta, you gotta have a little bit of that fun stuff if you're gonna do a Nickelodeon yeah. podcast. They had the it real, was cool. they had the real actors too. I guess the, I think the last. When I mentioned uh, Patrick Starr like trolled Russell Wilson last year, that was like AI generated commentary, I guess, oh. from the cartoon character. But this was like the voices of the characters on the actual show were like behind the scenes, like doing the voices. What I really loved, though, I just I think this should be somehow incorporated more into every regular broadcast. Let's play that again. This, what, um, Cheeks, what's the, uh, Sandy, Sandy Cheeks. Cheeks. Yep. Okay, jo- Josh, you have the sound again. I want to fire this up, okay? All right. Here's the sound again from Sandy Cheeks. There's a point I want to make about this sound. This, it doesn't have to come from Sandy Cheeks. It could come from Evan Washburn. It could come from Tony Romo. It doesn't matter. Somebody, okay? Even if it's Gene Steratore, I wouldn't mind. I love this. Go ahead, play Sandy Cheeks, and I'll tell you why. Who are these guys dressed up in the Moonlighter costumes? Well, those are the seven on-field officials that oversee the rules of the game. That referee there, he's the boss. Kind of like Mr. Krabs at the Krusty Krab. Except the referee wears a white hat and isn't talking about money all the time. Okay, Joe. People just learned way more about the NFL during that little 20-second bit, if you were watching Nickelodeon, than probably millions and tens of millions of people watching uh, who didn't watch it. They, uh, they learned, hey, how, how many people would know, Joe, if I said right now, how many officials are on the field at one time? I, you'd be like, uh, I think six, seven, uh, right? right? Like uh-huh. there'd be people, you might know, I don't know, but a lot of people wouldn't. Sandy Cheeks comes out and says, who are the people in the uh, stripe? Oh, yeah, those are the seven on-field, so tells you the fact right there. Seven on-field officials. Then explains who the white hat is. Now, I think most people who watch football would probably discern who the referee yeah. is, but I bet you millions of people watching yesterday would not know if I just said randomly at a Super Bowl party, hey, how do you determine who the referee is versus the line judge and the back judge and that person? I bet you a lot of people would have no idea. I need more of that in a broadcast. Yeah. I... So I'm gonna be uh, I'll be the the jerk here who says okay I think I need two different broadcasts then because okay 
the, the there was the door of the explorer explorer one too, or she's explaining like what a personal foul is or whatnot. Yep. I'm that. I'm someone that like when the college football national championship is on, I like the coaches' room, for instance. Like I want the okay. hardcore stuff, but I'm I'm probably not the norm, right? I'm not the the normal demo for the majority of the viewer. I think if I got real pedestrian explanations like that, that would drive me nuts. But I do think there's value to it because you're probably right. The majority of people watching, they don't know that. They don't know this stuff. Like they, that would be valuable to have explained to them. So, you know, at the same time, I should. I'm not the demo anyway because I'm at like parties usually for the Super Bowl and I can't hear what they're saying anyway because there's enough people talking. So I'm good with it. And what? And, and why is it? On, and why are they doing doing the Nickelodeon thing? They're getting a new generation of fans, right? Right. Yes. So like my son, who's ten, and I want to make it clear, Joe. I totally respect what you're saying. Like I don't need to watch it. I know this stuff. Yeah. I just think it's very valuable for the casual football fan. If you want to really. Educate your fans. You need more of that in some way. Yes. And, and yeah. you're right. Maybe it comes from a second broadcast. But I also don't think there's anything wrong. And I'm not saying hammer it. But if you had a regular CBS broadcast, right? Mm-hmm. And you like something, you know, they we, we hammer, oh, don't bring Gene Steratore in, right? right? What if every once in a while, wouldn't it be beneficial if on a regular broadcast, they'd say, hey, let's go throw it to Gene Steratore. And Gene would say something like, hey, just so everybody's aware, when you see this official here, that's the back judge. Here's his responsibility. Mm-hmm. You don't think that's valuable? I think if you had a guy like Gene or uh, could be Dora, uh, <laughs> right, doing that quickly, right? Because what percentage of the broadcast are you really spending on that? It's not like it's a very high percentage. So, no, that's right. Yeah, I think. It well, would the other part something. of this is the other part of this is to me, Joe, is um, some of the color analysis you get, the color commentary, can be way over people's heads. Sometimes I think Romo can. Mm. Kind of do like that's why like I love when Romo came out and he's predicting plays, but I don't need all that. What I need is who's the guy I really like the guy in Fox. I told you his name. Uh, I watched him. Um, um, no, I can't think of his name now. He does the college uh, bro- broadcast. On not Fox. not Olson. Uh, the college broadcast. No. Oh, Joel. Klatt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he's amazing. Yeah, love Joel Klatt. Joel Klatt. This is what Joel Klatt does. If you watch a broadcast with Joel Klatt, you are smarter. Because he explains football a little bit better. And he does it at a very nice level for people to understand and say, hey, look at the tight end here. He's doing this because of this. And I love that. I don't think you get a lot of that from color analysts. And I will tell you, I think Eric Wood is as good as it gets on radio, but it's radio and it's hard for him. He can't show you the picture. But Eric will explain mm-hmm. after a play what the offensive line did. And I think the, I think the, the greatness of Eric, to be honest with you, after working with him now for a few years, mm-hmm. I don't know how he does it. After a play is over, he knew exactly what every offensive lineman did. It's amazing. <laughs> like it's like yeah. he'll recall it, and he watches the 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 broad. He watches it live from up top, and as soon as a play is over, he'll say, "Oh, what a block by this guy!" And I'm like, "How did you know that?" He was the he was the backside guard, right? Like he sees that. That's the charm of someone like him that's so good at what he does. To me, I just need. I, I liked it for this reason. Yes, I get it. I don't want to hammer everybody over the head with it. I know what you're saying. Totally agree. But when Dora came on and said, personal foul on whoever it was, by the way, here's the definition of a personal foul. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I bet you people probably would want to know. What's the difference between that and an unnecessary or an um, unsportsmanlike conduct? Just little things like that uh, I'd be interested in. Let's go to Ryan in Buffalo. Ryan, how are you, man? Welcome to WGR. Well, Sal. How you doing? Yep. Um, Good. So the coin toss last night, which was uh, obviously the Niners took it in overtime, and I'm just really surprised at all the backlash because I'm thinking that's the right 
play every single time. I mean, if, if you match points on the first drive for each team, either no points, three points, touchdowns, they're probably going to go for two, the second team to avoid giving the other possession back. But you're, you're missing out on them. It's sudden death after the first two possessions if you match points. So I would think – I'm just very surprised that Shanahan's getting a ton of backlash for taking the ball when I think it's the right move every time. Yeah, I de- think it depends, though. Like, uh, it depends how you play it, who the coach is. I think you gotta, you got to have the right mentality if you're going to go first. Because if you don't, you're really giving the second team an advantage. Like, to me – Andy Reid, the thing I would have, if I'm a Niners fan, the thing I would have been confident in or I would have been hopeful about heading into overtime is Andy Reid in some critical moments can be just a little bit too conservative. And he's been like that really forever. I think he more than makes up for it with the rest of it, but he, he is that way. And if I'm a Niners fan, if I take the ball first and I take that field goal on fourth and four, down inside the 10-yard line. I have pushed Andy Reid into being the aggressor. I have pushed Andy Reid into, okay, I got fourth and short on my own 30-yard line. He knows he's got to go for it. Where maybe, I think probably not, but maybe if the Chiefs had the ball first and they got to the same spot they were in, fourth and short on your own 30, instead of, well, you've got to go for it because if you don't, the game's over. If they go first, do they punt it? Uh, maybe not, but I think he might. And you're pushing Andy Reid into he's not even has doesn't even have a decision. You're making him become the aggressor. And that's where I think you try to play the game. I think the game to be played here is not about do you go first, do you go second. It might be who's your opponent? What are this coach what's this coach's tendencies? Because now it's I think it's a chess game between coaches with this rule, given that it seems to me that all the analytics people and all the, the the former coaches that were talking about it like last night are like, no, this is 50-50. There's, there's really good arguments on both sides. I think it mm-hmm. becomes a chess match for how you do fourth downs, how you, you know, how you go about, you know, field goal decisions, um, how you how aggressive you play with down the field stuff. Like, I think a lot of that starts to become what's going to be critical in in the playoff overtime. Let's marry the two points we just made, the overtime rule and the explanation rule. I did not think they did a very good job on the broadcast of explaining the end of overtime and the timing. Okay. They did say there was no rush. Okay. Tony Romo and Jim Nance made it clear there's no rush. They they don't have to score here before zero. And they did and everybody kept saying it's the start of a new game. But Joe, I know that they didn't do a good enough job because I've had numerous people text me this morning. Or tweet at me and say, what would have happened if it was zeros on the clock? Right. So they didn't explain it well enough. Yeah. I also don't know why they have the clock. Right? Like, I mean, because I... it, well, well, because it's quarters. It's, it's a new game. Because once the, once it goes to zero, you do go to a second quarter and then there's a halftime. Okay. They, oh, so they take a break? Well, you would, you would, if, well, you, yeah, I don't know how long the break. It wouldn't be like Usher coming out again. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah but it would yeah. be a halftime. It would, it would literally, <laughs> In the if if they would have not scored there or tied it up, let's say, let's just say the Chiefs tied it up. I'm glad you asked this because this shows me again. A lot of people don't know actually how it works. So if the Chiefs had tied it up, they go to the then the clock goes to zero. They would just keep going, play a second quarter. Now at the end of that quarter, you got to score 
or you're going to halftime. Like, you got to score before it goes to zero, or you're going to another break, and we're because it's a new game you're playing. Oh, okay. That was the first quarter of a new game. Man, I think that's that's I don't know why they decided to do that. Why why even have the clock? I mean, I get it. Like, I, I feel like you're you're throwing a whole new wrinkle, and you just don't even need it. Like. I, right. I, I'm making them now. Like you're, I don't think the clock needs to be an element here at all. I just don't think. Like I think that's a. I mean that's right as to why it exists. I just think you would be completely fine if the NFL just ditched the clock and said We're, we don't need it. Here's the play clock. Here's the possession rules. Right. And that's it. Like I, I don't need the clock at all. Um, well, can I throw a wrinkle into that for you? Yeah. What if it wasn't in a dome and it was windy? And then you, oh I see. Well, couldn't you could just flip after a possession, right? Isn't well, that what they could. do in college? Yeah, but I mean, isn't that that plays in a strategy of why you would have a clock to flip sides and make it a second quarter? But that's what it, the second quarter to me would start when we get to the, the second okay. set of possessions. <laughs> now you're talking even more strategy here, right? Because now it's not based on not based on time. You're right. You could second second yeah. possession. I want the wind with the second possession, or I want the ball. You know what I mean? Like, all those things then would come into play. Now, you're right, though. In this scenario, they're in a dome. There's no wind. There's no weather element. But you could get that. You play a Super Bowl in Miami. We had a really rainy Super Bowl in Miami one time between the Colts and the Bears. If it's really windy. So, yeah. But to, to answer everyone's question of who, if you did have a question, maybe you know, I got multiple texts this morning. I got people in radio texting me this morning. Hey, what would have happened if the clock ran out? Like, well, they just would have flipped sides. It was a new game. That was the first quarter of the new game. And guess what would happen in the second quarter? Two-minute warning. And end of the, end of the half, we stop, we re-kick. Who would receive So, them? So, so, so in, the, in the second half, so let's say you get to the third quarter, now it's the Chiefs having to choose. But it's now a sudden Wait, death already. They would do another coin toss at halftime? No, they wouldn't do a coin toss. It would be them their choice because they lost the coin toss in the first Coin toss. So they sense. would get the ball. It's a new game. First in the okay, yes. But by then it's already by then it's already sudden death because you've gone a possession each. Yeah, man. By the way, Kyle Shanahan was one of the people texting Sal asking what would happen as the clock expired. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's go to Frank in Williamsville. Hi, Frank. You're on WGR. Hey, Sal. I don't know if you've covered this yet, but um, the uh, the uh, color guy. What's his name again? Romo, for, for, yeah, he kept saying that it, it's, you get an extra down when you when you defer the ball. You get you get that fourth down. He kept saying mm-hmm. because you know what the other team did. So if they scored and you ha- you know what you have to get to score, and he, that's, he says he says that's more of an advantage than getting the ball even even with neither team knowing what to do. You're feeling what I mean? Having 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 the other team go first, so you know what they did, what you have to get to meet meet or beat. That's that's an advantage. He said. I think it is an advantage to have a second, an extra down. It's, it's the theory of you know what your your opponent did, so you know if you have to match or not. Right. I do think that's an advantage. There's no doubt about that. But I think you have to weigh that advantage, Frank, versus if we have the same score, I now get it with a chance to win no matter what happens. That's correct. But the thing is, he's like Mahomes can score as many points or as little points as he wants. He knows exactly what he needs. And after watching that game, so. I'm more thinking that it's, it's the, the hold is deeper than, than ever for the Bills. I mean, I'm looking at the talent level. And I haven't seen San Francisco play much. And obviously we see Kansas City play all the time. But it seems to me the kids, San Francisco have better special teams. they got a better kicker. The Chiefs got the best kicker in the league. Um, 
as far as wide receivers go, it's, that San Francisco got much better than than, than our, our Bills do. It seems to me, and um, it, they're faster. And, and, and I just want to, like there's the speed of the game is, is faster than the for the other team. I don't know. Um, where, where do you think they, they all? Obviously, Kansas got they proved it. They're number one. But where do you think the Bills line up with a team like San Francisco? And what about like looking into the future? We had to deal with Brady all these years. Now it's Mahomes. Are we ever going to win anything, Sal? Well, let me ask you this, Joe, and on Frank's question. How do you think the Bills matched up with the Niners? I think they would do a lot better offensively because the where the Chiefs are different. I think the Chiefs' biggest strength in their defense, not to take away from the D-line because Chris Jones is amazing and Carl Loftus is pretty good, Amenahue is pretty good, but their strength of their defense is their secondary to me. Like, McDuffie and Sneed and Justin Reed, like, they can shut you down. They The Niners have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, and they combined for, like, less than 80 yards yesterday. Combined for less than 80 yards. Kittle, too, had nothing. They can cover you, and they did that against the Bills. I don't know. The Niners aren't the same. The Niners' strength is their front seven. And I think the Bills are more, you know, capable of handling that because of how strong their offensive line was this year versus... You know, you give the Niners, the Niners are a little bit weaker of a secondary. I think they would have had an easier time getting open. Um, so I don't know. I think I kind of think they, the Bills offense might have done a little bit better against the Niners, but that's not to say they're terrible defensively or any by any means. Um, and how they would match up offensively. Could the Bills have done what the Niner, what the Chiefs did? Uh, it depends. Do I, have the, do I have my linebackers? When they play the Niners next year, and they and they have they have Terrell Bernard and Matt Milano, because if they have those two, then I think they can do every bit of what the Chiefs did defensively to the Niners yesterday. Were you impressed with Purdy? You know, he was fine. I, I was I was kind of it was curious to me that Peter King in his Monday morning quarterback article this morning kind of did like a whole paragraph giving Purdy credit for going toe to toe with Mahomes, like it was some epic quarterback battle, and. I don't know. Again, I thought he was fine, no. but I didn't yeah. think he was great. He, I don't think Mahomes was great either until the end when he needed yeah. to be make some plays, but right. I don't think he was great throughout the game. Yeah. So, like, Purdy, I don't know that he had a Jimmy Garoppolo moment where, oh, you had Emmanuel Sanders open to win the Super Bowl down the field and you missed. The closest I think you would get to that is Purdy drops back, here comes Chris Jones, and mm-hmm. he throw, Debo is beat Sneed. He is running to the end zone, and mm-hmm. he is open. And that's a tough throw. I mean, you got Chris Jones in your face. So you, you are taking a hit to make that play. He got it off. I mean, he overthrew it. Um, that's that's the throw I think you'd want back. I think he can make that throw, but I, I like Mahomes maybe can make that throw. Maybe Allen can make that throw, given that the contact comes after the hit. It's not the same as when Allen missed Shakir because – when Allen got hit, he was in the process of making the throw. Purdy got hit after. He just knew it was coming. Um, that's the one where I think, you know, it, it, that was his moment. He could have been the Super Bowl hero with that pass in a tough spot, and he, he overthrew it. Let's go to Eric in New York. Hi, Eric. Hey, Sal. Hey, Joe. What's going on, guys? You know, hey, at the end thanks. of the game, I found myself scrambling a little bit as the Chiefs were driving, as people were asking, and I, and I you think you know the game. What will happen if is the time does the time supersede the ability to have the possession, or is the possession more important than the what will happen? And so my question is this: in a hypothetical scenario, like what constitutes a possession in the NFL? If the team wins the toss, right? Let's say elects to kick, let's say or defers, 
and does the onside kick and recovers it, does that mean the other team already had the possession or no? Yes, it does. It's already, it's laid out in the rules that that counts as a possession for the team that did not that the receiving team that you now have the ball and you can win the game right there. So that 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 will be a possession. So it's actually you don't actually have Correct. to possess the football. Do you know why? Because that's considered a turnover. That's a turnover, even though they never may have not touched it. But right? you kick it ten yards, they don't Correct. Kick it, you recover it. That's and another question is in the regular season, right? The rules are a bit different. You are afforded a possession if the other team kicks a field goal. What if the time runs out on you there where you did not finish that second drive? Uh, you, you didn't finish your drive for, you know, to try to tie the game. After the, the, the team kicked the field goal, you go the other way. The time runs out. Do you still – can you complete you lose. that possession or no? You lose. You lose. That's it. Okay. I really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, in the, in the regular season, you must – finish it before the the time expires because they only want you to play 10 minutes because of safety right. rules or whatever. Once the 10 minutes hits, the game is over and we just whatever the score is at that 10 minute mark is done. If you do not get your opportunity to continue your possession, you must so if a team takes 8 minutes to score, you get two. Got it. Thank you so much guys. Really appreciate it. You got it. You got it. A lot of stuff on this overtime stuff. It I, is crazy, right? The first year. I'd like to see this done in the regular season, by the way. I'd make it the same. Yeah. Those games matter, too. I know not like this, but this is this achieved what it was supposed to. It took, I mean, especially, you know, like there's Seth Walder telling you, or a, an analytics staffer in the NFL says, if you think you have an advantage one way or the other, I think you're probably wrong. That it's so close. It's so even, whether you take it first or second. But what that means is you've taken all the value of the coin toss out, which is exactly what you want. You don't want the coin toss determining the outcome of a game. And that was achieved. That was completely achieved, I think. Uh, it, it was As close as you can get to it being achieved. And I would like to see that happen in the regular season because I've always thought the dumbest thing about this sport is that a coin toss can determine like 30% of a win probability heading into overtime, or more than that. It's like more than that even. And I don't know that we'll ever get to it being done in the regular season also, because I think it does. It can take longer, of course. You can get into double overtime. But I would like to see them someday do this for all NFL games. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back here. If you have more thoughts on the overtime, we can do that. We also have the uh, Super Bowl commercials. You want to get to anything there? Halftime show, Usher. I saw a really funny tweet. From someone last night said that I think it was maybe yards per pass, <laughs> good account. I think he wrote something like, um, "This is a really good halftime show if you were born between the years, you know, nineteen eighty three and nineteen ninety or something <laughs> like that." It was yes. really funny. We'll uh, we'll take a time out. We'll come back here and uh, take more of your phone calls on WGR on the Extra Point Show. I punt. Townsend goes down and now picked up by McConnell. He fumbles it. He fumbles the punt. A muff punt. And Kansas City's got the football. He's got the football at the San Francisco 17-yard line. That was the Ray Ray McLeod play. Felt bad for Ray Ray. He made the right call, but he couldn't pick the ball up. It had hit one of his players, his teammates, in the foot, slash calf area, wherever that was. So it becomes a live ball. You had to pick it up, and he couldn't do it. And the Chiefs wind up benef- uh, the beneficiaries. They get the ball, and then they score a touchdown 
right after that. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Jody Biasi, the Extra Point Show here on WGR. Dan is in Orchard Park. Thanks for holding, Dan. You're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. First-time caller, long-time listener. Um, I've got three solutions for the Bills to, to win the Super Bowl this year, or next year, well, this coming year. Uh, first of all, everybody knows we need at least two more receivers, for sure, two more cheetahs, uh, fast, quick guys. We need to adopt the San Francisco offense, uh, their scheme, you know, all the zigzagging that they do. Uh, it seems to be the best way to, you know, run an offense, in my opinion. But the the biggest thing, in my opinion, is their attitude. They need uh, – I think they should write the word dominate on every wall, and every locker, on every email, whatever, for the whole season, and just adopt the attitude of domination. Um because they've got the they've got the people to do it, uh, they've got the skills, they've got the personnel, uh, and I, I just think it's a mindset. I mean, the Miami Dolphins did it; they went 17 and 0 a number of years back. There's no reason why the Bills can't do the same thing. What's your thoughts? I don't think attitude's a problem. I mean, yeah, they they try to win every game. They try to dominate. It's two teams that are professionals on each side trying to win. Um, yeah, I don't think that's an issue. I think it's interesting about the, so, I mean, I'm, you know, down there covering the games and I, I mean, they're, these are really hardcore people who are very, very serious about their jobs. I'll tell you that, Dan. So I don't think that's an issue at all, but I do find it interesting about your offensive point, Joe. Um, I don't know. Would that work for Buffalo with Josh Allen as the quarterback? I'm not so sure that that's the kind of offense you want to run. I do like their offense. I like it for them. I like it for Brock Purdy. But it also showed, remember when they drafted Trey Lance, he had all these tools and he didn't quite fit into what they were doing. Yeah. Well, when they drafted him, there was a story from, I'll find who it was. But what I remember is, this. I think that maybe came out this year, when talking about Purdy, it was a story about Purdy, that Shanahan, when they lost the Bills in the COVID year, they got smoked by the Bills and Allen was amazing. Like Allen couldn't be stopped that Shanahan basically determined that night that I, I need a guy like that, that I want to see what that guy looks like in my scheme because I that guy can do everything above and beyond the scheme that I don't have. And that was some of the sentiment behind why they drafted Trey Lance. It could be that type of quarterback doesn't fit into that. We haven't really seen it been tested. Lance, like I, I don't know, like we didn't really get to see him. He got hurt. We were about to see it. What it looked like for a full year. We got one game that was in a giant monsoon, and that's it. He might have been terrible, right? Like, it, it was it the style, or was it just that he's terrible, um, or was it that Purdy showed up and was so good that like they couldn't go back? I don't know. So I think you'd be you'd be going into uncharted territory with an Allen type of quarterback that can do all this above and beyond stuff in a Shanahan type of scheme. Because if you look at all the quarterbacks that have played in that style of offense, it's Tua. It's Brock Purdy, it's Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, it's Stafford and Goff. Like, you don't really have the alien type of quarterback. Maybe maybe Mahomes with Reed, but Reed's offense is not, it's different in, in many ways than Shanahan's. So, like, maybe that's the closest thing. I, I don't know. I think it could work. I would like to see some elements 
of that type of offense incorporated. But I also feel like Joe Brady does some of that. There was a play yesterday I was watching with friends, and they threw a bubble screen to Debo Samuel with motion coming from the right. And they hit on the blocks, and then Debo hit the hole and got like 10 yards. He ran through a guy to get like an extra three. It was a yak play. It was designed, and it worked. And someone said, like, oh, I wish the Bills could could execute a play like that. Like, that's a play you'll never see the Bills do. And I thought, the Bills did try that play this year. They, all those bubble screens to Stephon Diggs, where there was motion running across, and then the throw would go back to the left to Diggs, or to the right to Diggs, on opposite from where the motion was. Joe Brady ran that play. They just don't have Debo Samuel. Or Tyree Kill. Like, they just don't have that player. So... I don't know that it can't be executed with Josh Allen. I just don't really think they were built to run that way. And I don't know that you can, in one offseason, get so different personnel-wise that you can just go full speed into that. I'd like to see it you know, tested in spots, but I don't think they're going to look like the Niners offense next year. Would you I, Real quick on this overtime thing. Would you ever entertain an onside kick to open it up? Uh, no. If you don't recover... They get the ball there, but yeah, no. you still get you still get your possession if they score. But if you recover, oh, you wait. win the game with that's, a field goal. That's right. I still get my possession even if I answer. That's kick right it. because it's a regular kick. Then if they recover, mm. interesting. Uh I don't know. Onside kicks are so low. I like I, I pro- probably not. I would think about it because I didn't realize that you would get the ball back anyway. But no, I think I'd probably still kick off. It's so yeah, low. Me too, but it it is it is an interesting option because yeah, the downside if you don't recover it, okay, well the other team just starts with good field position, but you're still playing overtime like normal. But if you do recover it, <laughs> you have a chance to win the game I, in like three plays. Yeah, I'll say this: the one one thing that I would definitely do in overtime that I feel like this would be the thing that a lot of coaches wouldn't, maybe some would, is if I got the ball first, I'm going for two every time. I'm going for two every single time. I know the risk of if I don't get the two, then they can win it with seven. But the upside of I am guaranteeing that the worst case scenario for me is I'm getting a third possession field goal to win it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going for those two yards to get that. Just so to, to to wrap this up, great call. I think it was from Scott earlier, if I if I remember, who asked these rules questions in the onside kick. The reason why it's actually in the rule book, and and they word it very carefully, Joe. It is not that each team is guaranteed a possession. Each team is guaranteed an opportunity to possess the ball. That's the way it's written. That's why the onside kick would count as you had your opportunity to pass the ball, to possess the ball, but the other team recovered it. But would they not say, okay, that was your opportunity, so now you don't get the ball back? They wouldn't say that? Uh, You mean for the kicking team? Yeah, like if I if I kick the onside kick, they the league wouldn't say, well no. that onside kick was you you tried to get the ball and that was the that was the opportunity you decided to take. No, no, okay. because the opportunity would be built into the rules, like the opportunity is you receiving. Gotcha. The opportunity, okay. it's, it, it, if you decide to do it, that's up to you. I mean, heck, what if the kicker slips or something? Like you can't penalize them for that. You know what I mean? Right. Um. So they wouldn't do that. But that's why it's actually written in the rules. There's not a guaranteed possession. It's a guaranteed an opportunity to possess the ball, which is really interesting. And a really interesting point made, believe it or not, by Pro Football Talk. I'm reading an article from early in the season, and they said, you know, if you're in a game like the Bills had with the Chiefs a few years ago, the 13 seconds game, you actually might want to try the onside kick because they're just going to keep scoring anyway. Right, like, what's the downside? 
Like, what what happened? Who cares? You get them to him at the 20, the 25, or the 40. They're going to score. At least maybe you get a chance to get the ball back without giving them the ball. Hmm. I just find it interesting. It's a lot of stuff yeah. you could think about here. Um, all right, real quick, we'll go out to Russ in New Jersey on this. Go ahead, Russ. Uh, good, good morning, guys. You know, I, I, I saw some criticism last night that I have no understanding of it, of the 49ers taking the ball first. I agree with that decision 100%. Here's the way I'm looking at it. If you've kicked the ball to KC and Mahomes did, did, does what he did, happens to be, I'm not saying he's definitely going to do it, but he did come score a touchdown, and you give back the ball to Purdy, okay, and Purdy does unbelievable, and he scores a touchdown. The ball's in Casey's hands, like the old rules, and there's going to be one, whoever scores next wins it, and you give it back to Casey. San Francisco drove the ball down to the nine-yard line. They score a touchdown there, which they didn't, obviously, okay, and Mahomes comes down and scores a touchdown. You have the ball, okay, and it's in your possession to win the game, and Mahomes may never touch the ball again. I have no understanding why you would give KC the kick, okay, and let them come and let them dictate. And then Frisco, even if you do score, you're counting on Mahomes not scoring even a field goal. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I thought it was the right decision, and, you know, they came close, but they didn't get it in. Can I throw the caveat out, Russ, why you would do it? And I agree with you, but I just want to throw this out because Joe will tell you. Yes. You don't have to give it back to Mahomes. You can go for two. Uh, you, you said, That's you said, why you, you do it. Yeah. yeah You'd have a 50% wait, 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 chance, wait, essentially. If you, for, if you go for two and you miss it, I don't you think lose. you'll live another day. You'll live another yeah, day. Maybe. But if you go for but if you but but there's about a it's about a fifty what Joe, what's the two point conversion rate in the NFL? It's about fifty percent, like, right? It's like, it's like slightly over. It's like fifty three, fifty four or something. Well, yeah. you're giving yourself a fifty three percent chance to win on a two point conversion. So Russ, why that's why you would why do wouldn't it. you go with it, but why wouldn't you do it the other way? If I score let, let me tell you something. First of all, even when they score a field goal, I thought Frisco, I know it's Mahomes and I know he's done it to everybody, but if you think about it, they played a full four quarters and the only touchdown at that point he scored was the one off the fumble off the guy's foot where they scored on the next play. So you had to feel, you know, they they were probably a little gassed because it was a long game. But I feel if you get the ball and you come down and you score, and especially if you score a touchdown, you're putting the pressure on Mahomes, which is not really any pressure, but you're putting it. And then if he scores, it's in your hands to win the game. That's the way I, I just thought you, he no, got. No, 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 you're putting it in Mahomes' hands. We're coming from the Niners. If you've, kicked, if you've scored a touchdown first and kicked the extra point, like someone's going for two. That, that's that's inherently yeah. clear. Somebody is going you, for you, two. You, what, you think you think you? I'm asking you a question. You think yeah. if Frisco would have scored on the opening drive, and Casey would have came down and scored, you think they and you think they would have gone for two? Chris Jones said they would have. Yes, they, they said they already would've. rehearsed it. Of course they would. Because if if you don't go for two, you're giving the Niners the ball back for a field goal to win it. No coach in their right mind's going to let them do that. Well, okay. They already said that, Russ. Just so you know. Hold on, Russ. Hold on, buddy. Hold on. Yes. You know, just so you know, after the game, it was asked, like, what would have happened? And Chiefs players said, we knew that if we were in that situation, we would have gone for right. two to win it. Because if you don't, you give the okay. Niners the ball back, and they only yes. need a field goal to win. And that's a horrible proposition. Right. The only thing I thought to Frisco, listen, it was a good game and a couple of mistakes by both teams, but it was a, you know, you can't knock anybody. I thought, and I know it's probably been mentioned today, but I just thought that Frisco... In the third quarter, when they had no running yards, I, I, I thought they had no no yards. 
I thought they just didn't run the ball enough. And if you saw, you know, when we played, when the Bills played them and this, you know, they should have just, just McCaffrey was getting, for the most part, four, five, six yards of carry. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know he had some minus or negative ones and it doesn't show up in the box score, but it seems like they went away from that in the third quarter. Yeah, I I agree. Russ, I got to run. Thanks. Great call. Great call. Great thoughts. Just just think about that two point thing, if you will, uh, today a little bit. I, I would say this before we hit a break here to to you know get to the final segment. I think the penalty totally bailed out Kyle Shanahan's horrible play calling and start overtime. Joe, he threw the ball in three straight plays. Yeah, in overtime, right? Wasn't it? Or at least through on first down, maybe they got nothing. Whatever it was to start overtime, I'm like, what is Kyle Shanahan doing? Christian McCaffrey did not touch the ball on the first three plays. And they had to punt, but they didn't because they had a penalty. They got bailed out by that, and then he finally gave the ball back to McCaffrey. I agree with Russ about that in the third quarter. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up here on your Monday on WGR. All right, Joe, let's do this. we got a couple minutes left. I promise some commercial talk and some halftime talk. We'll start with commercials. I didn't watch all of them, probably not even maybe, maybe about half of them. I love the trailer, by the way, for quiet place day one that looked really yeah scary and awesome uh what'd you think any any good ones any bad ones i was at a party where a lot of i mean there were enough people where the talking over the commercials happened enough which was fine by me anyway so i only saw a few of them with the sound and i would say the one to a patrick stewart drew barrymore etc paramount plus commercial did mm-hmm. not work without being the full length like online it was like two and a half right. minutes Yes. 30 seconds, I didn't think it worked, really. Um, you missed the Patrick Stewart arm sleeve throw the child part. It was the best part of the whole commercial, and they didn't have it in there. And then I thought the Dunkin' Donuts one was actually pretty funny, despite the fact that it had Tom Brady and Ben Affleck and, and Matt Damon, the Boston vibe. And what was the one other one that I thought was really good? Oh, the BMW Christian Christopher Walken. Perfect. So good. Num- that was my number he's, one. He's amazing. I saw, wait, I saw the commercial... He threw the child in the commercial I watched. He he threw it, but bef- in the elongated one, the full one, right before yeah. he does it, he looks at his armband and flips it open like a play sheet, oh. and it just says, throw the child. Yes. So okay, you're right. I love that. All right, and what about Usher? Usher was great. Usher was great. All of it. I was surprised I liked it as much as I did. Uh, he roller skates? Also, that's tough. The roller skates was great. He also, did he set the record for the most special guests in one act? There was like f- seven people. Ah uh, no, I've seen. I don't know. Maybe I don't know the answer to that. But although I've seen several like halftime shows with a lot of people come out. The doctor, as I'm saying that, the Dr. Dre one had like ten. Yep, Eminem, and Eminem, and Fifty Cent. Yeah, there were. A lot I remember of years ago with InSync and Britney Spears and Nelly. There was a whole bunch of them that came out, and uh, our Aerosmith was in that one. That was in Tampa. Right. Yeah, but it was it was very good. Little John crushing it, just yelling okay. Mm-hmm. He's made a career <laughs> off of it. Yeah, I liked it. Sabres live up next. One Bills live after that. Show up with the Bulldog at 3 p.m. on WGR. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great rest of your Monday. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.